Hello, Texans, and welcome to the program that gets you inside NRG Stadium. When we are inside NRG Stadium, you never know where we're going to do this show from. It's the Hyundai Texans mobile radio studio, and it's Easter weekend, and happy weekend, everybody. Let's have a good one. I know many of you are working through it. We always appreciate that. I know you probably do, too. Employment is important. I can't believe I'm leading off the show like this, but I can believe that we have some outstanding guests for you tonight as we get into a longer-form list session here heading into the weekend with Mark Ingram who's coming up in just a moment here New Texans running back outstanding running back decade-long player and really interesting guy you're gonna like this interview with John Harris and Drew Doherty David Johnson a little bit later on you've heard of him he was here last year what a terrific finish for him last year I know the beginning of the season did not go according to plan for David Johnson in the run game production but his personal production, 130 yards from scrimmage average in the last three games. You're hoping that kind of thing continues for him, of course. And also, Christian Kirksey, new linebacker for the Texans, will be on the program tonight. So a lot to sink our teeth into. We'll have some hot reads coming up after the Ingram interview. So let's get right to it as Drew and John Harris catch up with new Texans running back Mark Ingram. Mark, welcome to Houston. Welcome to the Texans. We're excited that you're here. Let's get things going. Money aside, why did you choose to come here? Man, you know, it was just a great opportunity for me to be able to come and you know, prove myself once again. Texans, they called and uh, they were interested in me and they flew me in uh, for a visit. And I did all my stuff and that's always, you know, great. You know what I mean? When you when you want to be, when you're wanted by someone and uh, you feel like that. Uh, and obviously, Coach Cully, I was with him in two years, uh, for two, the past two years in Baltimore. And uh, just the opportunity to come be a bright spot and, you know, leave a positive impact on this organization. Um, I'm looking forward to doing that and, 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 and earning the respect and, and just being the best player I could be, the best person I could be. I'm looking forward to, you know, proving myself. Mark, there are a lot of Texans fans that have seen you play, in particular the two games that we saw, which were not very good for the good guys um, <laughs> that you played very well in. But there are a lot of Texans fans that may not have seen you play or not seen you play lately. How would you describe your play and what you bring to an offense? Man, uh, a lot of passion, high effort. And I'm just trying to compete and win every play. I'm trying to be successful on that play, whatever it needs, whether I have to, you know, get one yard for a first down, whether I uh, have to catch the pass and break a tackle to make a big play, whether I have to step up in the A-gap and pick up a linebacker, take it off the pressure off the quarterback. Uh, if I have to encourage people with words, uh, whatever it may be, I'm just a, a guy who uh, gives everything I have, gives whatever it takes to be a winner and to help my teammates win and to be the best player I could be, the best person I could be to uh, prepare myself to play at the highest level week in and week out. Uh, that's what I'm striving to do. And, uh, you know, I, I could run with physical. I could run with power. I could, I could break a long run. I could catch the ball out the backfield. I could run inside, outside. You know what I mean? Pick up pass pro, whatever's needed me to do. Uh, a, a complete three-down back, four-down back. You know what I mean? Could do it all, uh, whatever's asked of me. Yeah, Mark, John referenced it each of the last two seasons. You basically averaged, what, like 45 yards of carry against the Texans. So thankfully, we don't have you on the schedule in that regard this year. But because of circumstances last year, you didn't play as much. So stands to reason you're pretty fresh. You're pretty invigorated. Am I correct in that that assessment? No, you're 100% correct. Um, like, you know, obviously, when I imagine how my season was going to go last year, that wasn't necessarily, you know, on the agenda. But, sure. you know, one thing I look at it, a positive about it is I am fresh. I am healthy. I feel great. Coming into this offseason, I feel great, man. I have no ailments. I'm like getting stronger. I'm getting faster. I'm getting more explosive. So, you know, although 
you know, it didn't go as, 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 as I wanted it to. It was a blessing in disguise because my body is just had time to recover and feel good. And not come into an off season and really focus on training hard, really focus on proving in many areas, uh, making my strength stronger, making my weaknesses strengths, and just taking care of my body, taking care of my health and preparing myself to go into an off season um, and going to a training camp where I feel the best I've felt in many years. So I'm looking forward to it. And that way I'll be able to put my best product on the field for the Houston Texans and for my teammates. So I'm excited about it. And although the year didn't go as I wanted it to, it was a blessing in disguise to this point because my body feels healthy. I feel great. And I feel like my best football is still ahead of me and going into my 11th year. Mark, you're like a football flavor flave. Like you're the biggest hype man I think I've I've ever seen. Like when it felt films finds you on the sideline, you were pumping up your teammates. You have love for your teammates and the people that you go to battle with every Sunday. So I ask you this, and obviously you're you're way younger than either Drew or myself, but you've been in the league for a while. You've seen a lot. How important is it for you to share those experiences? with younger players, whether the rookies come from college or guys that have just been in the league for a year or two, how important is it to share your experiences with them to help them get to a different level? Man, it's very important. I mean, you got to pass the game down. You got to pass game down. I've had guys when I was young do that for me, uh, from Drew Brees to Darren Sproles to Will Smith, rest in peace, New Orleans Saints, uh, Marcus Colston, Roman Harper, just uh, Lance Moore, just so many good veterans that I had, you know, to come in and learn from when I was a young rookie, you know what I mean? And um, so just be able to pass down successes, pass down failures, pass down um, getting knocked down and getting back up and just be able to pass down, like, you know, just how to stay level-headed, control what you can control, prepare yourself to be the best player you can be, prepare yourself for every opportunity. You never know when your opportunity is going to arise. You know, I mean, you just have to share those experiences to encourage young guys. And, um, you know, that, that's just how you pass game down. That's how you develop a camaraderie within your team. That's how you develop a love and a bond within your team that's unmatched. And when you have that bond within your locker room, it flows into the playing field. You know what I mean? You got to hold each other accountable. You never want to let your guy down next to you. So um, when you have the, those type of conversations and those type of transparencies within your locker room between everybody, um, you really get to know each other. You really develop a bond and a love for one another that flows into, um, you know, how you play on the field for one another. So it, it all goes hand in hand and it's all relevant. Hey, Mark, a few moments ago, you mentioned David Culley. He's the head coach now. You played for him the last two years in Baltimore. And you're like many who have talked about him. He's a magnetic guy. He's a nice guy. He's a lovable guy. But that's not why you like playing for him alone. There's a lot of substance to him. There's a lot of football knowledge to him. Can you kind of talk about that aspect of David Culley? Because we've all heard the wonderful things about his personality. We've seen it up close, but there's a lot more to him, isn't there? Yes. I mean, he's a, he's been in coaching for many, many, many years, you know what I mean, on all levels, many different positions, and he demands perfection at the highest level. And whenever he approached the team in a meeting or he addressed the offense in a meeting, you could tell, um, you know, his value and what he brings to the table. He's very knowledgeable. He's very educated on techniques, on coverages, on, on, on defenses, on offenses, like just the full spectrum. You know, he's just a great coach. He's a student of the game and he, and he, and he passes down that to his teammates. Uh, I've seen him hold the receivers to the highest standard possible in, in Baltimore. And then when he addressed the offense, hold us to the highest standard possible. And all while he's doing that, he's just a great person. He, he's always the same. He's consistent. Um, he, you get the same person daily. And I respect that. You know what I mean? Um, he, he encourages you. He supports you. And as a player, you want to play hard for him to, you know, 
know, prove him, you know, to make him right. You know what I mean? So um, it's just a great thing. He's a great guy and he's a great coach, man. He, 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 he knows, like I said, he knows techniques, he knows defenses, he knows offenses, he knows uh, the small nuances uh, within battle and winning the fight within the fight on the field, you know, and um, he, he, he tries to give you the tools necessary for you to have success uh, in those moments. And um, he'll do everything he can to prepare you for success and put you in a position to access. And I've seen him do that for the past two years. So uh, I'm excited to play for him in, in Houston. And I know all the rest of the guys will be too. Mark, when we saw you come into the league back as a young pup, I believe it's 2011. Yes, I mean, you were just a dude that ran hard. You ran with power. Man, you're fun to watch and you've always been fun to watch. But over that time, you develop different skills, different traits, different things. That, that come to you as you're in the NFL. What would you say is the one thing that's probably changed the most about you over your career until now? Is it vision? Is it understanding of defenses and fronts and things? What is it that's changed the most that's made the game easier for you going forward? Man, um, so many things, man. So many things. Just the successes, the failures, um, the ability to control what I can control. Um, there's many things uh, within the game that you can't control. There's many things that what play call you get, how many times you get the ball, um, what situation you're in, if the play is blocked, if the play is not blocked. Um, the ability to control what you can control, uh, the ability to stay level-headed and be able to take advantage of the opportunities when they do present themselves because everything's not always going to be perfect. And um, so you have to be on point. Even, even though when things are going good or things are going bad. If I have 13 carries and I only have 20 yards because maybe that's uh, what has only been there, you know, within the offense. But right. on the 14th carry, if somebody overruns and the cutback's wide open and you can hit them for 70, you have to be prepared and, and, the, and, and in the right mind frame and not frustrated to be able to um, take advantage of those opportunities. So just being able to control what you can control, not getting frustrated. Um, if you worry about things you can't control, it'll, it'll drive you crazy. So you just try to stay in the moment, try to stay level-headed, and you always try to stay, uh, you know, each play has a life and history of its own. So you try to not let that play bleed over into the next play, good or bad, because uh, this next play could be the play that changes the game. And so you have to approach every single play like that in order to have a good game, have a great game, because you never know when that play may arise. It might be play one, it might be play 27, it might be play, uh, you know, 70. You never know when that play may arise. So you always have to be on point, always have to be preparing it, always have to be playing at your highest level because you never know when that play can make the difference. So I just would say that just, um, just being calm, being uh, cool under pressure, and being able to take advantage of the opportunities when they do present themselves. Obviously vision, obviously, you know, coming out the backfield, being able to run routes on a backer or a safety, um, you know, all those things are, are huge, you know what I mean? And, and successes and failures and repetitions will help you improve at that. But um, if your mind isn't right, and if you're not, uh, if you're frustrated or if you're bent out of shape or, uh, and you're not there mentally or emotionally, when that play does arise and you miss it, it's huge, you know what I mean? But when that play does arise and you hit it, it's huge. So that's one thing I would say over my career that I've been good at is just staying mentally, uh, staying mentally in tune and focusing on what I control. Yeah, you left out another thing that you've been good at. Your touchdown celebrations have evolved. You did that nice roundhouse kick <laughs> on the Texans logo, which hurt me back. Then. I mean, it just broke my heart when it happened. It was like, oh, I it's just, it's, uh, you're doing what you're doing. It's all good. Yeah. So how does that how does that evolve this year? I hope to make, I hope to make better 
you know, memories, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's that, good. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> no, it, it was it was funny when it happened. It, it hurt because it was part of a rough, rough season. But how's that going to evolve for you, having fun after you guys score, after good things happen for you? And you got to have fun, man. And, it, and it, you got to have fun, man. We work our butts off, man. And so when you hit a big play that you've been working on in the game in a crucial moment on fourth and one, like – you celebrate with your and you do it with your teammates. You do it by, you know what I mean? You just have fun. You enjoy the moment. And, um, and when you have guys who are having fun, you guys ha have fun playing together and you guys have worked your butt off and you're reaping benefits, man, it's good to celebrate each other. It's good to enjoy the energy, man. It's good energy, but it's all relative and it's all within reason. You know what I mean? So um, if we're down, you know what I mean? You can't be like doing crazy stuff. Like, you know what I mean? But if we're winning <laughs> and, and we're capitalizing our opportunities and, um, uh, you know, we, we thrive and we, and we have fun together and, and that energy is contagious and that energy is infectious and it flows over to the defense. It flows over to the special teams. It flows over to the offense. It flows over to the fans. It flows over within the organization. And so everybody feeds off each other. And, uh, and that's when you have a good team. That's when you have a good culture. That's when you have a good environment. That's, uh, you know, healthy for everyone. All right. We got to wrap this up. Mark Ingram, we appreciate the time. Last question though, was that kick inspired by Mortal Kombat Double Dragon, something else. Where'd you get the inspiration? Cobra Kai. Cobra, Cobra Kai. Oh, no. Ip Man. Oh. What? what? Master Ip. You don't know oh, Master okay. Ip? Ip Man, man. Go check it out. If y'all ain't seen them, man, <laughs> Ip Man 1, Ip Man 2, Ip Man 3, they all legit. And you'll see where I got the roundhouse from. I've got some homework to do. I'll check that out. All right. Mark Ingram, we appreciate the time. We can't promise, wait to man. You go check those movies out. You won't regret it. All right. I, I'll take right. that, uh, take yeah. that into consideration. All hey, right. we're looking forward to seeing you on the field. Thanks so much for the time. Best of luck as this season unfolds. Okay. Thank you. There's our visit with Texans running back Mark Ingram. And boy, we've seen him around the league for a while, for a decade. So it's fun to see him as a Houston Texan right now, bolstering that running back crew, along with David Johnson, who you will hear from a little bit later on in the show. And I'm really glad that David had the final three games kick into gear for him production-wise, averaging 130 yards from scrimmage in those final three and doing a whole lot better. The year did not get going the way they needed it to with the run game, no question about that. But it got a little bit better as the season went on, and they need to improve dramatically in that category going into 2021. So Ingram helps and improve David Johnson, you know, the ensemble of the offensive line working with the running backs. We all know how it goes, and they're improving the offensive line as well. And then you have Philip Lindsay from Denver, who is really intriguing. You never know who else they're going to add into the mix. But this is something we asked Nick Casario about earlier in the week. Here's what he had to say about the running back crew, starting with the big three I just mentioned. Yeah, I would say there's a lot of good players at that position. I mean, you could even throw in Scotty and Buddy, right, who have been here, right, sure. um, who are younger players who have been, you know, I would say with their opportunity, specifically Buddy, who's played in a kicking game. But you know, Mark, David, and Philip have all had different degrees of success in the league. Um, they've all been productive in, in their programs. Um, and really, when you have competition, it's good for everybody, right? Um, I think that you're talking about three great people, um, their attitude, their approach, their work ethic. I'd say they're uh, genuine they are, and they're, they're all excited to be here. Now, what does that mean? I mean, I have no idea. They're all different. Um, they're all different types of backs that have been productive in, in their own right. So we'll just try to put them all in the best position possible. And, and I would say at some point, you're going to need everybody on your team, right? You don't know when, you don't really know how it's going to shake out or unfold. Um, mm -hmm. So again, I think to your, to your point, Mark, we've tried to, as best we can, create that 
as much as possible at, at as many positions as possible. Right. And I'm sure there'll be a few more tweaks that we make along the way. Um, so we'll see how it all unfolds once we actually get started. Nick Casario on the running back group. All right, let's get into some other things here on Texans Radio before we throw it into the break and make way for Christian Kirksey, new Texans linebacker. Some hot reads from the week. The 17-game schedule announcement was finally formal, and we've been talking about this for a long time. For the season ticket members, and if you're lucky enough to be one, this means you get nine regular season home games this year and one preseason home game, and the extra regular season home game is Carolina. Now, I thought there was a lot to this. Obviously, more money for the league, more money for the players. That's great. More football ball for all of us. Johnny and I were talking about it last night, how, you know, back in the day, pre-1960, you had 12 games in an NFL season. Then it went up to 14 and 61. Then it went up to 16 and 1978 and stayed that way until now. So obviously health is going to be a huge premium as it always is, but even more so now with 17 games. A lot of people thought double buys might be a part of this, but they're not still only one buy. I think that a lot is out there for this league you know maybe they go to 18 I know you've been reading stories rumors about the owners wanting to go to 18 that's not going to happen anytime soon I think 17 was a tough get for everybody but they got it and it's more football for us to watch look we don't have to suffer through all the bumps and bruises look I'm just kidding around I mean the players go through an awful lot and they're going to do their very best to make sure these guys stay as fresh as possible we still don't know exactly what the offseason program is going to look like the other thing is you're going to lose that fourth preseason game, right? You know who's really happy about that? College football. Because I know what you're thinking. That fourth preseason game, Vandermeer, no one's watching that. Yes, they are. All right? That fourth preseason game on that Thursday before Labor Day weekend crushes college football in each market. You don't have a national game that night on the NFL Network or anything like that. Everybody's televised in their particular market. So Houston Texans on our partner ABC 13, the rating we get for that fourth preseason game, I don't care what college game you're putting on that night. And the Texans have gone up against the regional teams and everything and crushed them because it's pro football. It just does better. So college football is going to be very happy that they can now own that Thursday pre-Labor Day weekend night. There's no NFL football because they canceled week four of the preseason, moving it into the regular season, as you know. And the season gets extended. So every once in a while, you're going to have a Super Bowl played on President's Day weekend. And you're going to have other weird sort of conflicts if you will you're going to have a winter olympics conflict this year with the super bowl i think the super bowl will do just fine do you want to watch curling or the super bowl i think the super bowl is going to win that and it's too bad for the winter olympics but it's one day in that week and the winter olympics will still get its viewership and everything like that i think that it is going to be really fun to watch uh, this 17-game thing play out other things happening john harris wrote a really interesting uh, piece as we are a month, well, actually, it's four weeks. Four weeks from tonight, the Texans will start making their picks as it stands now. They don't pick until day two, and we're all intrigued to see how Nick Casario handles this. Johnny Harris did a mock draft of every pick up until the Texans' selection, and then he goes over who might be on the board for the Texans when the time comes. That's content I want to read, and it's up there on Houston Texans dot com and the Texans app and so is his updated Harris 100 and you can get to know some of the new Texans and there's a whole bunch of other good stuff for you to digest there. 
And by the way, semi-related to that is during our Nick Casario interview, Johnny asked Nick the question about player evaluation and not having the combine and the uniform data collection of the combine and that kind of thing. The pro days are all different. And I brought up how there seems to be sort of an exchange rate problem with the 40 times this year. I don't know if there is or not, but I just was making a joke. But anyway, I wrote a piece on that, and in the piece I said, hey, Jerry Maguire's mentor, Dickie Fox, said, this business is all about relationships. And I think that that's what Nick was getting to when he talked about collecting information on players and who you know and anecdotal stuff, references. We all know how important job references are. And there are also backdoor references, right, where you talk to a friend who worked with somebody. What is this person really like? And you get the information. And I think that's very helpful. But anyway, I referenced Jerry Maguire and my department. We have so many people in their 20s who either weren't even born when Jerry Maguire came out in the mid to late 90s or they were so young it's not a factor for them. They might have seen it later. They might not. They don't know what show me the money is. Can you imagine that? Now, as I'm talking to you, you, I'm assuming that you're old enough, but that might not be the case. You know, maybe you're 20, 25 years old. You haven't seen the movie. See the movie. Look, I know that there are dated references, and we joke all the time here, Johnny and I do, about we find each other for dated references, but certain things are classics, and I think that falls into the category. Some people are listening right now saying, no, you're wrong. Jerry Maguire is a chick flick disguised as a sports movie. And you might be right about some of that, but there's plenty of good sports stuff in there to enjoy. Trust me. And boy, speaking of sports movies, I have to show my 15-year-old kid Moneyball. Moneyball, which is a semi-true story. I say semi-true because they have an amalgam character in there. What's the guy's name? Played by Jonah Hill, who was not exactly a real person. He was just sort of an amalgam. All these different characters or real-life people put together into one character. I still recommend that as an outstanding sort of new-era sports film. I know that has chick flick stuff in there, too. Not really chick flick, but family drama that you really don't need. Get me to the baseball stuff. Get me to those scouting room scenes with Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill and the old guard scouting crew. That stuff is gold. It's gold. All right, and baseball is underway, by the way. I don't know if you've noticed, but congratulations to the Astros for winning on opening night. Keep it up, and we'll be following along as we go, of course. As far as the Texans go, four weeks from tonight, they pick. As it stands now, they don't pick till day two. So I mentioned it before. I'll mention it again. The countdown is on. I can't wait for our draft coverage. Johnny Harris will be on for every second of the draft. Maybe I'll join him this year and do every moment of the draft. Should I? I'll need a lot of coffee to get through that. Coming up, David Johnson, Texans running back. That's in the last segment tonight as D.P. Sidhu sits down with him. And Christian Kirksey, new linebacker. You want to hear what he has to say about joining this team, about life in the National Football League and beyond. It's all happening here on Texans Radio. Welcome to Texans All Access. We are brought to you in part by Apache Corporation. Nearly 3 billion people worldwide live in energy poverty, meaning they lack access to reliable electricity or clean cooking fuels. The natural gas and oil produced by companies like Apache Corporation help power cleaner electricity, enable access to food, education, and healthcare, and connect us to those we love. We are committed to providing the energy the world needs and to elevating families across the globe to higher standards of living. Learn more at ApacheCorp.com. That's ApacheCorp.com. Now here's the show. 
Mark Vanderbeer with you, keeping you company, heading into Easter weekend. Great to have you listening tonight. Let's get to know some new Texans as Nick Casario has signed 400 new players. No, it just feels like that. It's just dozens and dozens. And I mentioned pouring over all the data. I've been doing that, getting ready for these games four months away from training camp, and I feel so unprepared. Anyway, let's hear from Christian Kirksey. D.P. Sidhu had a chance to catch up with the linebacker in the Deep Slant interview. First of all, Christian, welcome to Houston. Are you in Houston? Have you made your way down yet? Uh, where are you these days? Uh, I'm Right now, uh, I'm in California right now. Um, just out here training and, you know, doing the things I got to do. Uh, I actually went to Houston uh, last week and, you know, got to, you know, meet some of the guys, you know, did my physicals and things like that. Met, you know, defensive coordinator, different coaches. And, uh, you know, flew right back out. So I can't wait to, you know, get started. And I can't wait to, you know, meet the actual whole team. Um, I think it's going to be fun. All right. Well, in your media availability, you mentioned that your mom actually lives in Spring, Texas. And you're yeah. from St. Louis, but you had bought her house a year ago. How did your family end up in Houston, Texas? So uh, my uncle, I think he moved to Houston when he was like, like 19 and he's been out there you know for the majority of my life and uh you know my aunt moved um to texas as well then my older brother and my sister moved uh to houston then you know i have a little niece that my, my brother just had that's out there so i was like you know it makes sense to just move my mom down there as well buy her house um, kind of you know get her a chance to you know have a different vibe a new city so, you know, I just wanted to uh, do something sweet for her. And um, I did that last March. And who would have known that I was going to, you know, be right behind her and, and uh, get picked up by the Texans. So everything happened for a reason. A guy makes no mistakes. Well, I was going to ask you what was what went into the decision to sign with the Houston Texans. How much was family a part of that reason? And what were some of the other things you considered when you were signing with this team? Yeah, so um, one, you know, it, it is cool to, to, to be around family and play in front of family and, you know, I have a 15-month-old daughter, and, you know, she gets to, you know, be around my mom, my brothers, and, you know, my aunts and uncles. So that's that's a plus. But, um, you know, I, I like where the organization is going as far as, you know, who they're bringing in. And also, Lovey Smith, you know, uh, Lovey Smith is, is is a legend in my opinion. And to be able to, you know, play in his defense, I think that fits my, my style of play. So, um you know, speaking with him and, you know, um, just hearing other guys that uh, was going there and hearing guys that's already there, um, like David Johnson, I got a good relationship with him. When the opportunity presented itself, I'm like, you know, I'm comfortable with guys that's already there. And I, I, I know that I can play in the 4-3 scheme, playing under a legendary coach. You know, it's it's one of those things that was no brainer for me. So um, I'm happy with my decision. And, and uh, you know, I, I know God leading me in the right direction. You mentioned that Lovey Smith, he has a defense that fits you well, and it's very linebacker friendly. Uh, what particularly stands out to you about playing in Lovey's defense? You've never played for him before, so this would be your first time, but, but what really uh, stands out to you about the sort of defenses that he runs? Yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's very linebacker friendly to where, like, he like linebackers that can run, you know, linebackers that can cover, linebackers just is, is, is linebacker driven. And, uh, you know, that's something that I feel like, you know, it's part of my game is just running. You know, I've been um, a runner since I was, you know, in high school, college, and, you know, earlier in, in, in the league. You know, I feel like that's that's a part of my game that 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 really 
um, helped me become the player that I am. And if you just look at, you know, the guys that that um, play under Lovey Smith defense, the Brian Erlachers, the Levante Davis, the Quan Alexanders, I feel like, you know, those are impact linebackers. And and um, you can tell that those are the front runners. And, you know, if you're a linebacker, you should want to play in Levy Smith defense if you just see his track record. So just doing my homework on that and just obviously, you know, seeing, you know, just Levy Smith in, in, in the history of the game, you know, it just gets you excited. And it's one of those things where if you're a defense player, you want to play in his defense. So um, that really steered my, my, my decision. All right. So you said you came down to Houston and you met with some of the coaching staff. Did you get a chance to meet with your new head coach and David Culley? And if so, what were some of your first impressions of him? Yeah, I did. I did. I got to uh, meet with him and I can say that he's an energy guy. You know, he's a guy that's he's going to he's going to be all about football. He's going to help teach the game, help enhance um, your game. And, you know, I'm, I'm just excited to, to play with somebody that's, that's energetic and excited about football. And, you know, that's, that's something that if you're a leader is setting the tone, then, you know, everybody else will follow. So, you know, my first impressions of him is is like he's, he's a guy that's going to you know, have guys having fun, but working hard. So, you know, it was a good a first impression. And, you know, everybody who I really met was, it was a good first, first impression. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited to be there. You played with Tyrod Taylor um, with the Browns and obviously the two of you are reunited here in Houston. How it, is, exciting is it uh, for Texans fans that don't know a lot about Tyrod Taylor, um, what he brings to the table, what he brings to the locker room, what he brings to the field and, and even in the community? And Ty, one one thing about Tyrod, man, he's he's the same person on the field and off the field. Um, his work ethic don't change. Um, he leads by example. And he say he says all the right things, you know, uh, to younger guys and veterans. So, if you're a young guy in this organization and you need somebody to look up to, you need somebody to follow to, you know, see how to move and lead. I I would say Tyrod is one of the best. Um, just how he go about his business, and then on the field, you know, I don't think a lot of people give him a lot of credit for what he really does. I think that he's really consistent. Um, he's athletic. He has all the attributes that you, that you want in the quarterback. So you, you get in the total package when, when you, you know, put him on your roster, he's going to go produce on the field, but also he's going to lead guys in the right direction in the locker room. So, you know, also he has his, his foundation, his things that he does in the community. And, uh, you know, me and him both, you know, um, supports each other foundation and things like that. So I've been to a couple of his events. He's been a couple of mine. You know, he, he, you're getting a good guy. You're getting a, a great guy, may I add. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to reunite with him. All right. Fans may not know a lot about you, but uh, I did a little bit of homework. You are the youngest of seven children in the Kirksey family. Is that correct? And your dad was a pastor. That's correct. Um, you were really active in the church. You have a little bit of a musical background, don't you? I, I read somewhere that you yeah. sang in choir and you played drums. How musically inclined yeah. are you still? Do you do you still get a chance to do any any singing or any drumming? <laughs> so so on, on, on the singing part, I was very young. And it was one of those <laughs> things where like, all right, just, you know, you, you go sing in a children's choir. But I wouldn't say that that was really my specialty. <laughs> But um, the drums was, you know, something that I really, really uh, enjoy. It's almost therapeutic in a way, you know, just when you listen to music, you can lock in, have your headphones on. And I've been playing since I was seven years old. So uh, music to me, it controls like your attitude, it controls your mind. So like you can be having a bad day, but go listen to a certain song 
when you get on the drums, you can just like, just just go, you know, just it, it, the music could take you somewhere and you just like, like vibe out to your own like energy, you know? So I still play the drums to this day. I, I need I need to, you know, illustrate a little bit more. I kind of like one of those like talents where you just like do it on your own and you, you kind of don't, you know, broadcast it. But I think I need to start like actually like putting out like musical things so people can actually like see me play. You know, yeah. Okay. So, so the, that, that, that may be coming up soon. Okay. Yeah. I think I think you should post some of this stuff because that's that's really impressive that you're still able to play the drums after all these years. Is there a drummer or anybody yeah. that you particularly look up to or emulate or whose style you really like? Uh, no, nah, I, I wouldn't say I have a uh, I have a favorite one, but I, I like to look at like a bunch of like YouTube videos and just kind of just see like new drummers or just see like cover music and just kind of like just have fun with it and one of my close friends Carl Davis uh me and him we always like sharing music to each other and just kind of like you know looking at different styles that's going on with with, with music and drumming so it's one of those hobbies where it's just like you don't really have a favorite person or somebody to stick out to you but you just enjoy watching all right so what else do you like to do in your free time besides being uh very musically talented any other things that you do in your free time yeah, uh, you know, I love fashion. You know, when, when it when it comes to clothes and when it comes to like different styles, like I, I love it. Um, from you know the just like the the whole setup of it, like you know mixing it and matching different clothes and you know different looks, whether it's a suit game or you know whether it's high fashion or like I'm, I'm real particular on like uh, John Elliott. John Elliott is is, is a um, fashion designer and you know I really love his clothes it's super calm super clean but then you know you can you know go into a high fashion where you're just wearing some exotic stuff well not really exotic but like a loud color or you know just a, a key piece so I really enjoy like like fashion fashion music is like what I what I literally live off of so that's that's another one I can't I can't disagree with that I fashion and music always always good go-to yeah. for hobbies all right so always you, you had a couple of seasons that were cut short by injury, but then last year you, you went to Green Bay and you, you had 11 starts and you stayed healthy. You were active on the field, especially in a season that was a really weird off season. I mean, obviously now two, two off seasons in a row, you're starting with a new team and things are still a bit virtual. But, you know, what did you do last year that you really liked and, and how do you hope to build on that now heading into 2021 with the Texans? Yeah, so, uh, you know, Last year, uh, it was a weird year for everybody, you know, especially, you know, with COVID going on and, you know, you're having to, you know, make sure you protect your family and check in on everybody. But then you also have a job to do play football in front of zero fans and things like that. So it was different for for everyone. But, uh, you know, I had a good time in Green Bay. You know, it was my first time going to the playoffs. So I, I was excited about that. But um, basically, you know, I was playing Mike linebacker and that was my first time playing Mike in my in my career and I had to adjust to that and you know I had got banged up missed maybe like five games and came back and it just gave me a different appreciation for the game because the game can be taken away from you in an instant and it just made me you know just want to be the best player I can be you know make no excuses whatever position you play just go hard you know go 10 times harder and you know last year for me it was you know one of those years where you know I just want to enjoy playing the game enjoy football block out everything else you know come back from a season where I missed and you know just go out there and just have fun and play for the love of the game and I think that 
a lot of players probably can say that this past year with COVID, it was more so, you know, not playing in front of fans. So you have to like take yourself back to like, man, when I started playing football, this is what I love to do, regardless of like the media, the fans and all that stuff. It was really just going out there and just playing hard and, and having fun. And that's what that's what last year did for me. It just reminded me of how fun the game is because we're going out there playing in front of nobody. You know, just us and the opponent. So, um, you know, last year was definitely, you know, one of those um, eye openers to where like it just taught me the more love of the game that I had. And, you know, it was fun. So like now I'm here in Texas. And, you know, I want to transfer that energy that I had in Green Bay to Houston and, you know, hopefully, you know, bring what the city needs and bring what the city wants. And that's the championship. All right. Well, we're looking forward to a welcome to Houston once again. And best of luck, Christian. A pleasure to get to know you. And we'll chat again soon. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, very nice to meet you. Texans linebacker Christian Kirksey. One final segment to go before heading into the rest of the weekend, and that's going to be David Johnson heading into year two with the Texans. The veteran and Drew Doherty sit down for a conversation, and you want to hear what David Johnson has to say about his second season upcoming with the Houston Texans. It's next on Texans Radio. It's Texans Radio. Mark Vandermeer with you. And one more segment here as we hear from Drew Doherty and David Johnson. Kind of a TV thing, but it plays well here. Let's check it out. It's fun to be joined by running back David Johnson. Hey, you're back for year number two as a Houston Texan. Let's focus on you. What's going to be different about you after a season in the fold here and after an offseason in which you've worked on a few things? I'm going to capitalize on those last three games uh, and improve on those last three games and use that momentum going into this season staying healthy, uh, doing everything I can to help out this offense, for sure. Capitalizing on that strong finish individually, that's a good thing. How much do you think this offense changes from what you've seen, you know, in your initial interactions with this new staff? There are some faces that re remain as far as Tim Kelly, the offensive coordinator, but how different do you envision this offense actually being? I don't know. We haven't spoken about it. We haven't talked about X's and O's yet, but like you said, with Tim Kelly coming back and Really excited about Danny Bear coming back, my running backs coach. I don't know if much will change because, you know, Tim Kelly, offensive coordinators have their base plays, their base terminology. They want to actually kind of run what they are familiar with. Why do you think you had such a strong finish over those last few games? Honestly, I think it was uh, me talking to a mental coach helped me out in trying to really figure out everything that was going on last year uh, on and off the field. And let me know, you know, that not everything's going to be perfect. I can't control everything, but I can control what I can control. You know, whether that is, you know, doing all my treatment, going in and being at the facility on time. Really, the biggest thing actually was just being positive, uh, looking at the good more than the bad of every situation, every event that I'm in and just trying to use it as a learning, learning purpose for everything. As a team, it was a tough season on the whole. But in that little two to three game span there at the end, individually, did you feel like you'd gotten in a time machine and you went back to that that fantastic year about four or five years ago when you were an all-pro? I think so. I, I definitely felt that that way. I got more into a flow, into a groove. I didn't stress so much about everything going on, either with on the field or off the, uh, off the field. And I think my biggest thing was just letting everything come to me. Don't force a play to happen so much, uh, knowing that I had a lot left in the tank just let it come to me. And the biggest thing is just not dwell on the past plays, whether it was I dropped a catch, uh, missed a hole. I think it was 
more focused on then and now what was going on in that that play at the moment. So you're excited that Danny Barrett is back. He's your running backs coach. How about the new head coach, David Culley? What have been your impressions of him? What have you thought about the, the change over there? Impressions have been very positive. I've heard nothing but good things about him. I've talked to players who played under him, his coaching, and they say he's a very energetic, very passionate, a very uh, inspirational coach. And I think we need this. And I think it'll be exciting to have him. I've talked to him a few times and he's, you know, let me know my expectations, what he expects out of me. And, and the biggest thing is just being a leader by example, being a guy, being in the weight room or being in meetings and just being a professional. That running backs room is getting a little bit more crowded, isn't it? You got names like Ingram and Lindsay, and you still have names like Howell from the past. There's a lot of faces there that are fighting for that job. What do you think about the increased, I guess, volume of competition here on the Texans? Not just at that spot, but really roster wide. Yeah, they've done a great job. Uh, you know, Nick, that whole organization and that staff has done a great job of getting players. And I think for us running backs, it'll really bring out competition. It'll really bring out the best of all of us because we all want to play. We all want to be on the field. And I think at the end of the day, it's going to really help out our running game. It's going to really help out our offense, obviously. And I think it's going to make us all want to fight more to be on that field. It's really help us all out at the end of the day. You're about a week away from the start of off-season conditioning. I know it's going to be fun to be back in the building and working out with the, the, the new teammates, the old teammates as well. But tell me, you've talked about the run game. You're going to be, like last year, an important part of the, the passing game. There is a passing game coordinator in Pep Hamilton who's new to the squad. How invigorating is that aspect, knowing that you know, things are going to be different and there is a new face and a new mind helping mold things with this offense? That'll be good. Philosophy and everything like that is going to help out. Um, like you said, hopefully I am going to be a big contributor to the passing game, uh, being utilized in routes uh, outside the backfield in the backfield coming out. And so I think that hopefully, you know, with this new, like you said, passing game coordinator, he's going to help out in bringing our, hopefully, you know, me being selfish, bringing me <laughs> in, the, in the fold of everything and being able to help out the offense as much as possible. All right. You also got a new new face at quarterback. I don't know how much he's going to play, but Terod Taylor, what have been your impressions of him? Heard nothing but good things about him as well. Uh, him being a leader, very outspoken, boisterous player, captain on former teams that he's been on. And I think he's going to be very good for our team, especially, you know, the adversity that he had to deal with coming from, you know, different teams that he's been on including last year when he was the starting quarterback and then he had that injury or that confusion with his with his lungs last year in the preseason. And so I feel like just having a guy like him on the team is going to be great for our morale, teaching guys, younger guys, new faces of, you know, how to be a professional, how to deal with adversity, how to really get things going in the right way. All right, last thing, with all these transactions that have taken place over the last month or so, are you going to need like a checklist with faces next to some of these names or do you know – you know most of the names and faces already on the roster. I do know a lot of the faces and, and names. Obviously, with this big turnover, I'm going to definitely have to try to make up a quiz or something to try to remember uh, a lot of the guys' names and faces. The tough part is if we do Zoom again, I won't be able to meet them in person until, I mean, who knows with, with COVID and everything going on. So hopefully we can meet in person. That way I don't have to do these quizzes. And I don't have to try to figure out uh, their names and stuff on my own. That way I can just see them in person. No doubt. And, hey, if you do Zoom on the bright side, you'll get to know about their dogs, their cats, their family members, you know, all that stuff, the stuff that happens in the Zoom world that we've kind of grown accustomed to over the last year, right? I know, right? Most definitely we, I guess, get to 
be more involved into their out, off the field personalities and get a uh, way to learn everybody's you know, background and everything like that. That'd be fun. It's always good to talk with you. Can't wait to see you guys getting back at it here in about a week. And best of luck the rest of the way. Sound good? Yeah, sounds great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Drew Doherty and Texans running back David Johnson. To wrap up the show tonight, thanks so much for listening, everyone. Check out the Texans app for all the info on your Houston Texans. Have a great Easter weekend, and go Texans!